It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do you are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. You can check us out on the all-new Himalaya podcast app. And I highly recommend you go listen to our mock draft series on Locked on NFL, trending into the top 25 on iTunes this week. Outstanding job by everyone involved. I played a small role, so I can't even take really any credit for the success of that show. I am championing it because it is really good work by the people who made it happen. And that starts with David Locke and, and all of the people at the top and then everyone else involved, all of our, our draft analysts, all of our hosts, uh, Brian Peacock for hosting the main show, Matt Williamson, everyone involved really did a great job with it. So highly recommend that you go check that out. And obviously, you should be listening to Locked on Bucks right now. The Bucks in the middle of a playoff run. And, and given the way the NBA playoffs look, I mean, they might be the favorite right now. So you need to get on board with Locked on Bucks as well. Today, we are going to spend some time talking about the receiver position and this is something that we have discussed over the course of the last few weeks, the last few months. I have made the case and, and made the case recently that Green Bay would benefit from a top-tier talent in this group. And that if they don't get a top-tier talent, they should issue the selection of a receiver. That, that another day three pick is really not going to move the needle. If you're not going to take someone first round, second round, third, third round, you know, if if at 75 one of those guys falls and you like them, you know, let's say JJ Arthago Whiteside falls, Andy Isabella falls, AJ Brown falls, one of the guys that they're already interested in or may like, Henry McLaurin falls. Maybe it makes sense. After that, you have developmental receivers. So go with that. What I think is interesting is Rob Domofsky reported 
that Green Bay might not actually be interested in doing that, that they're good with who they have and that they're not interested in taking someone early. Now, that could be a smokescreen. I don't I don't know what the benefit of that is. Uh, you know, I guess this is silly season. I mean, it is silly season, but, you know, they do like Nikhil Harry. They have had some receivers in for pre-draft visits. They met with some receivers uh, at the Combine. All of those guys were day two players, at least in my opinion. And and I think by general consensus, the receivers they met with, Andy Isabella, Ortega Whiteside, who I mentioned, A.J. Brown has some people that believe he's a, a first-round pick. Right now, I mean, I think the the prevailing wisdom the the popular take on receivers is that there may only be one first round receiver maybe two and it's not AJ Brown so green bay not looking at receiver at least in the first round and you know i don't know how many really belong in the top 45 green bay probably going to have the opportunity to take a player in the top 40 maybe even the top 35 32 30 on their board at 44 given the desire for quarterbacks and and players who really aren't probably not worth those picks. But so if Green Bay is not interested in a receiver, and I do think that jives with what we've seen through the pre-draft process, they haven't shown interest in these players with the exception really of Nikhil Harry. And if you go back and look, this was something I mentioned yesterday with all of the offensive tackles that they have shown interest in. If you go back and look at last year, the Packers met with, as part of their 30 pre-draft visits, eight of those dudes ended up on the Packers. Eight of the 30 guys that came in for those special pre-draft visits ended up on the Packers, including Oren Burks, Jamon Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They looked at multiple mid-round linebackers, multiple mid-round receivers, and they met with multiple first-round cornerbacks. They ended up taking multiple first-round cornerbacks. The only position where they met with more than one first-round player last year in their top 30 pre-draft visits was cornerback. They ended up taking two. Now, Josh Jackson falling was not part of the plan, but clearly they wanted a cornerback. They were investigating top-tier corners. The only position where the Packers have had multiple first-round player visits with their top 30 visits so far as offensive tackle, and not only do they have multiple, they've got a bunch. I mean, depending on how you think about these players, Jonah Williams, Andre Dillard, Greg Little, at the very least, and then Caleb McGarry has gotten some first-round love. Titus Howard has gotten some first-round love. They have interest at the Combine at from, from Juwan Taylor. They had Senior Bowl and Combine time with Dalton Reisner. They're going to take an offensive tackle early at 12, at 30, at 44. One or maybe multiple of those spots, there's going to be an offensive tackle. With, with potential needs elsewhere and with a lack of interest in players at that position in that range, it seems unlikely to me that Green Bay is going to follow through on picking a receiver unless someone that they just can't pass up 
falls into their lap. Now, on the other hand, it is the case that they are vetting basically every one of the top tight ends. Noah Fant, Chase Sternberger, TJ Hawkinson, Irv Smith Jr., all these guys are players that Green Bay has shown various amounts of interest in. So what does that tell us about the players that they're, or the positions where they're looking? I think it is telling. I think it tells us a lot. Last year, Brian Gutekinds showed his cards a little bit. Yeah, he brought in Vita Vea. Yeah, he brought in Derwin James, who he ended up having the opportunity to select if he wanted him. He brought in first-round players at other positions. Connor Williams, many thought was a first-round player, ended up being a second-round player. But he only brought in two of corners. Now, this year, he's brought in multiple firsts at, at offensive tackle, and that's it. Now, they showed interest at the Combine in multiple first-round edges, multiple first-round offensive tackles, multiple first-round tight ends. That's it. That's it. Not multiple first-round receivers, not multiple first-round safeties. Those three positions. So what is, does that tell us something interesting about how they want to approach this draft? I think it does. And that also is congruent with how we view this roster and how I think Green Bay views this roster. They know they need a future offensive tackle. They know they need a future safety next to Adrian Amos. They know they need a future tight end, and they, and they know they need help on the edge moving forward. They can get by at receiver with the talent that they have. I thought Equinemia St. Brown should have been a day-two pick. Marquez Valdez-Scantling legitimately good last year for a day-three rookie. And I like Jamon Moore. In year two, he could take a step forward. He got better every year at Missouri. He's working hard on his footwork this offseason. Maybe this offense, which is killer for guys who can run double moves, a specialty of his, could ignite a year two leap for more. Because obviously as a rookie, did not produce anywhere near the levels that I think Green Bay expected him to. Could they manage with those guys and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones in this offense? Yes, they could. Do they need to use top-level capital to get receivers? Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. And maybe they don't if they can get a tight end. This is a case that I've made in the past. If Devontae Adams is healthy, especially. At least in 2019, if Devontae Adams is healthy... Their wide receiver, two is probably going to be Geronimo Allison. Now, if Devontae Adams goes down, they don't have a true receiver one. They're going to have to lean on the run game. They're going to have to lean on Matt LaFleur's ability to scheme up open receivers, open tight ends. That's something that he is actually pretty good at, at least what we saw last year. And that is something that the offense that he is bringing, or at least that we think he's bringing, is also particularly good at. And we're going to talk about that offense in just a a second. But my point here is the tight end. I've made this case over and over in 2020, 2021, but in 2019, Jimmy Graham, even though we saw last year, he looked a little washed, maybe more than a little. He can be a focal point given the way that 
this offense creates space for the tight end. And if that's true, then maybe you need fewer resources allocated to receivers because the offense is going to do the work. We're going to talk about that offense right after this. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store so we don't know exactly what matt lafleur's offense is going to look like in green bay He's going to tailor it to the personnel. What we saw in Tennessee was not a carbon copy of what we saw in L.A., and it was not a carbon copy of what we saw in Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan. The reason for that is simple. The personnel is different, but also McVay has a different sensibility than Kyle Shanahan. They are not identical. It's the same reason that Mike McCarthy's offense and Andy Reid's offense don't look the same, even though really... The base concepts are the same. Now, Andy Reid pushed his offense forward. Mike McCarthy didn't. And so, you know, obviously there are more than just fundamental reasons that their offenses would look similar, but there's also more than just that congruency in the fundamentals of their offense that are important. Andy Reid added modern techniques. He added modern plays. He added all sorts of unique individual pieces that modernized the offense that Mike McCarthy didn't. Matt LaFleur's offense in Tennessee at first was an interesting mix of Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. He ran three receivers more often than Kyle Shanahan, but far less often than Sean McVay. What is he going to do in Green Bay? This is the interesting question because 
let's say he plays three receivers or more 40, 45% of the time. How important is it that you have that third or that's even that second receiver, honestly, as long as Devontae Adams is healthy, the other guy can succeed simply because Aaron Rodgers is there and the offense is going to create separation for him. It's going to create opportunities for him to make plays. It's not a coincidence that Kyle Shanahan took Marquise Goodwin and turned him into a thousand yard receiver. He can use his offense to create space down the field, especially create openings, create lanes, create windows for the quarterback. If if that is the case, that Matt LaFleur can do that, having receiver talent, and you're going to hear Ben Fennel later in the week, this is something that he, a case he has made about tight ends. If you don't need a guy in this offense who can do it on his own, then it makes it easier to say, well, the guys they have are good enough. Now, obviously, you want to ease the burden on your scheme the same way you want your scheme to ease the burden on your players. And so if you can bring in a blue chip receiver, do it if if that makes sense given the context. Now, you have Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is really, really, really good. If he's healthy, it doesn't matter who's starting opposite him. It's going to be probably Geronimo Allison to open. He's going to play if he plays, if he's healthy, 65% of snaps, just the two of them. And the other 35, 40% of snaps, whatever it is, is going to be three receiver sets, maybe some four receiver sets. You're going to see multiple tight ends a lot. You're going to see multiple backs a lot. And that is the, the heart of this offense. That is what they want to do. It's how they want to play. But Matt LaFleur does want to use multiple receivers more often than Kyle Shanahan, just not quite as often as Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, who wants to play out of 11 personnel basically at all times. So it is the case that Matt LaFleur is going to tailor his personnel groupings and his offense to his players. But that also means you don't have to add players to run an offense because Matt LaFleur is going to tailor his system to his players. So, you know, this was this was a rule that I had I developed growing up and that is when it comes to clothes, I do like to buy clothes. I don't do it very often, but when I do, I enjoy it. Don't buy a shirt if you have to buy new pants to go with that shirt. That doesn't mean only buy shirts that you already have, buy a shirt that you don't own that or that's different than something that you do own, but make sure it goes with something else you already have in your wardrobe. It's a way to say dress with consistency and continuity and don't overspend because if you buy a shirt that you need to buy new pants for and new shoes for, suddenly you, you are spending a lot of money. So you can say add a receiver and Matt LaFleur is going gonna, is gonna to use that receiver if you add him. But if you don't add him, he's going to use the guys that he has too. He's going to do that theoretically either way. So why spend draft capital on a player that Matt LaFleur doesn't necessarily need? Mike McCarthy needed that player. His scheme required talent and depth to work. Theoretically, 
we think Matt LaFleur's offense needs a little bit less of that, a little bit less, because it relies on different foundations to work. It doesn't require individual matchup winning on the outside from receivers as often as Mike McCarthy does. You still have to run good routes. You still have to get open and you still have to make the catch. Rodgers is still going to have to make the right reads. He's still going to have to see the field. All of the the football 101 stuff still applies. It's not like Matt LaFleur is going to come in and suddenly the game's going to be easy for everyone. No, it's still the NFL. It's still football. It's still going to require a lot of preparation, a lot of knowledge, and a lot of execution from players and coaches. But we think it's the case. And he doesn't have to be Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay. The offense is the thing. The bones of this offense are set up to have success in the run game. Success in the run game, success in the run game breeds success in the play action game. Though, as I've said many times, you don't need run success for play action success. But in this case, it helps. And that makes everything easier because the most efficient play in football is a play action pass. And the more of those you can call, generally speaking, the more efficient your offense is. Ask Jared Goff, ask Drew Brees, ask Tom Brady. They are play action killers. Mike McCarthy refused at times to go to the play action game. Maybe Rodgers was a part of that. The execution and the play design was not where it needed to be. And so they weren't able to do the things that most teams are able to do, elevating their offense, at least elevating their efficiency with the play action game. So when you look at this offense and the ability to get tight ends open, this was something we saw Matt LaFleur do last season in Tennessee. Even with Delaney Walker hurt, he was able to take Luke Stocker and Jonu Smith and create opportunities for them. Well, whatever you want to say about Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis, they're better players than those dudes. And if you add a TJ Hawkinson or a Noah Fant or an Irv Smith Jr. or a Dawson Knox or a Jay Sternberger, any of those guys, now you have a pass catching option. Your pass catching option doesn't have to be a receiver. And I think you're going to see Matt LaFleur use Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams more in the passing game. I think they could benefit from a pass catching running back, some sort of versatile, you know, change of pace back who can do a little bit of everything, who can be speedy, who can be a home run hitter, a Tariq Cohen type, who you can move around in the formation, you can split out, he can run routes, he can catch passes, he can run the ball, maybe can return kicks. I mean, Tariq Cohen is a perfect example of the kind of player who would thrive for Matt LaFleur. It's why Tennessee signed Deion Lewis last year. This offense could benefit from a Deion Lewis type. So you look at what Green Bay is saying about their receivers, and you go, well, yeah, but if Devontae gets hurt, they're in trouble. That is theoretically true. Let's say they take Nikhil Harry in the first round. Can that guy really carry your offense as a rookie? Probably not. And your tight end, even if you draft him instead, probably can't carry your offense in 2019 either and probably just isn't going to because Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis are on the team. And in the NFL, those guys are going to get first crack at playing. 
unless they really suck and the rookie is really good, it's going to be tough to get that rookie on the field. But by 2020, that's when the dividends could be paid. Well, by 2020, Equinemia St. Brown may have made a leap. Jamon Moore may have made a leap. Marquez Vela-Scantling may have made a leap. And it's possible that your tight end has made a leap. That he makes a leap in 2020. And now he can be that secondary receiver. That, that pass catcher too in your offense. And if Devontae Adams does go down, he can carry your offense the way George Kittle carries Kyle Shanahan's offense. The way that Gronk at times could carry Josh McDaniel's offense. And I think the way we'll see Jared Cook add to the Saints offense this season, smart coaches can do this. And particularly in Matt LaFleur's offense, he's shown the ability to create for his tight end. So even though it is the case that Green Bay could use another impact pass catcher, it doesn't have to be a receiver. It can be a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield. I love Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma in the middle rounds. Injury concerns, but the dynamic playmaking ability dynamic player with the ball in his hands, whether he's running or catching the ball. There are other, Tony Pollard, Daryl Henderson, Devin Singletary. There are guys in this draft with the ball in their hands can create in ways that Green Bay's current roster can't. And they can get those guys and, and give them an aspect that they don't currently have. It doesn't have to be at receiver. So you put all of those things together, and I think you can come to the conclusion, yeah, this makes sense, and they like the guys that they have, but it's also the case that 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 secondary receiver is not as important in this offense because of how important the run game and the play-action game is, how effectively they think they can scheme open their receivers, and, and how big a role you're going to see the running backs play in the pass-catching game. The tight ends are going to play in the pass-catching game. And if they add a tight end who can be that heir apparent to Jimmy Graham, and hopefully better than Jimmy Graham has been, then he can assume that mantle as the number two pass-catcher in that offense, even if it's the case that MVS and EQ and Jamon Moore never ascend to any greater heights than they are at already. It makes sense. So even though I think Green Bay could add a receiver and it would be great, I see the wisdom of what's going on here. And when you put all the pieces together, I think what they're doing, if it is in fact what they're doing, remember it's silly season, it makes sense for Green Bay given the offense and the personnel already on this team combined with the guys they could potentially add in this draft. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. That comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. 
Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuelyourfandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Ben Fennell is going to be on the show talking about the NFL draft, breaking it down from a Packers standpoint, the players he likes, players who could come in and help Green Bay right away or down the line uh, or both, and he is really smart. So when he speaks, hopefully you listen. When he writes, hopefully you read. Hopefully you're following him on Twitter. And then after that, Jason Hershorn is going to be on to preview the NFL draft Uh it's it's here already, it seems like. It's next week, and we're going to do preview shows next week, starting uh, with the 12th pick. Who are the options? Who are the best options? Who could Green Bay be interested in? What are their options there for trades? We're going to do 30. We're going to do 44. And then Thursday, because Thursday, I want you to have content Thursday morning. So Thursday morning, you're going to get a show previewing the 75th pick guys that they could be available there because that's going to be that's going to be able to live in all likelihood a full 24 hours and probably longer more like 36 to 40 hours because Green Bay is not going to pick until that make that third round pick until late on day 2 so we can have that conversation Thursday and then Thursday night of the draft we're going to go right into reactions to the Packers picks Friday night, there will also be an instant reaction podcast. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to promote that on Saturday as well, just so everyone gets it. And then we'll be back on Monday to talk about everything that happened over the weekend, day three, the moves that were made, everything that went on related to the Packers draft. We are your top Packers source for everything related to the NFL draft. And that's just one of the reasons why we're the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I know that we've had some new listeners come on board in the last week or two, um, really the last couple months, and uh, I really appreciate that. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Play, on Himalaya, the all-new podcast app. Check that out. Also, go to Locked on NFL, Locked on Bucks, Locked on NFL Draft. Support all of the content that we have here on the Locked on Podcast Network. It is all tremendous at the very least the stuff that you're likely to be interested in is good locked on bucks is awesome if you're not if you're not listening now is the time to get on board seriously and if you're not listening like what are you what are you doing go listen seriously Giannis come on what else do I have to say remember you can follow me on twitter at peter underscore bukowski you can follow the podcast on twitter at locked on packers like us on facebook and anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Going to have a lot of time to get to your questions after the draft when things slow down just a little bit. So with everything going on, there's only one way to make sure that you're staying up to date on everything that's going on with your favorite NFL team. And you already know what it is. 
at least I think you do. You probably already know, right? You know what it is. You have to stay locked on Packers. Packers.